In today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast, we're talking about the most important prayer that you can be praying for your kids. But first, I want to thank my friends at Samaritan Ministries for sponsoring today's episode. We all know how important healthcare is for our family, especially when it comes to a medical emergency like the one experienced by Cameron and Rowanna, whose son fractured his wrist jumping out of a cardboard box. Hospital bills started to arrive in the mail, but as Samaritan members, they weren't concerned about the financial impact because they knew fellow members would come alongside of them through prayer, encouragement, and financial support for their shareable bills. As a Samaritan member, when a healthcare need arises, you choose the providers that work best for you and your family. Medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries, and they notify members to pray for you and send money, which you use to help pay your medical bills. Online resources are available to help you choose a provider and get a fair price on medical procedures. And you'll have 24-7 access to medical professionals by phone or email so you can get advice before visiting the doctor, saving you time and money. Samaritan Ministries is not insurance. It's biblical, affordable health care sharing. And since they're not bound by open enrollment, you can join today. We all know that a medical emergency can happen at any time. Make sure you're prepared. Visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash DadTired to learn more. Again, that's SamaritanMinistries.org slash DadTired to learn more. This week I had a chance to take my kids, two of my kids, on a little bit of a hike here in Oregon. Uh, We live in the Pacific Northwest, which is just cloudy most of the winter it can get a little bit depressing <laughs> uh, it's beautiful here it just gets a little depressing in the winter time because it's dark and gloomy and uh, anyway we had a day where the sun came out my wife was actually at work and my youngest was having a sleepover with grandma and so it's just me and my two older kids and so I just felt this opportunity that we can go explore a little bit something we wouldn't normally get to do when little sister's around because uh, she's not quite at the age yet where she can go on these hikes. And so I thought, all right, we got the opportunity. The sun's out. Uh, let's go explore a little bit. So we packed up the car and we just drove around until we found a place that we thought would be cool, a cool trail that we had never been to before. So we're hiking and we're having a good time. And uh, dude, I admittedly, I just, I don't do this enough, man. I, I read once time in a John Eldridge book that I can't remember the statistic. Don't quote me on it, but it was something like we spend 70 or maybe 80% that the number was astronomical, how much time we spend indoors. And I was just so depressed by that statistic that we spend the majority of our lives indoors. And I just really believe uh, the our souls come alive in some way when we're experiencing nature and we're out in the elements, when we don't have a screen in front of us or fake things. Everything I'm looking at right now, I'm sitting at my desk right now, and everything I'm looking at was man-made, uh, you know, from my desk to these podcast machines to the computer to this, I've got a can of LaCroix water, uh, you know, like everything, even the wood of this desk I know is not real, you know, like everything is just fake and uh, it's, just, it's just a little bit depressing, man. Uh, and so when you get back in nature and you, you experience all these like God made things, like things that were made by the creator, these natural elements, there's something about that in your soul that just, you know, really makes your soul come alive. So anyway, sorry for that little bit of a tangent there, but all that to say, get outside more. It's good for your brain. It's good for your emotional health, your spiritual well-being. Overall, it's just good. And you're, you see your kids come alive. You know, most of our kids are spending so much of their life indoors with all these things that are fake. And uh, for them just to be out in the natural world is uh, you see a side of your kids that 
you don't normally get to see. Maybe you do this. Maybe you're better at this than I am. I admittedly am not very good at this. And so when I get out and I see my kids, it just, there's a part of me that comes to life. So we go on this little hike and we're on our way home and I turn on the radio and uh, a Justin Bieber song comes on. It's actually one of his newer songs. Uh, not that I follow Justin Bieber closely, but this is a, it was a new song and it, it, I think it's called Lonely. And essentially uh, he, in the, in the song, the unedited version, he actually uses pretty uh, heavy language, some pretty hard uh, expletives, 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 <laughs> uh, he cusses a lot in the song and uh, says some real bad words. But in the radio version, obviously, it's cut out. But even in the radio version, even though they don't say the word, you can actually tell if you have kids who are, you know, old enough, they they can put the pieces together pretty quickly that he's saying some bad words. And in this particular case, I don't let my kids listen to music that has got a bunch of bad language in it. It's talking about bad stuff. But in this particular case, I just felt like this song and what he's talking about and because the words are bleeped out, even though I know they probably know what he's saying, I just want them to listen to it or I'm okay with them listening to it because I have a feeling that it's going to spark some kind of discussion. And so sure enough, the song comes on, he's talking and uh, my kids are like, oh my gosh, you know, he, he said a bad word there. Like why? And we talk about how sometimes big words or bad words can uh, are the only thing that it feels like that we can properly express these big feelings that we have. And then we started to talk about, well, why does he have these big feelings? What is he singing about? What is he talking about? And in this particular song, he's talking about how he had the whole world. He had fame, he had money, he had everything he could ever want, and yet he still was so, so lonely. And so that was an interesting thing that like that sparked a lot of interest in my kids. They were really fascinated by this thought that somebody could be famous, somebody could have all the money in the world, somebody could have everything that they've ever wanted, the whole world knows them, they can have anything they've ever wanted, and yet why would they feel lonely for uh, a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old, that is, was confusing to them. Like, why, daddy? If everyone knows them, how could they feel lonely? If they could have anything they want, why were they sad? And uh, man, that, those kind of questions are just, they tee you up. They're just softballs. They're lobs that you can speak the gospel truth to them. And so we talked about it, man, that that the the world offers things for our soul uh, that that they say it will satisfy our soul, and yet it doesn't. And we know that I talked to him about like, just think about your toys that you got for Christmas. This was just a couple weeks ago. You guys felt like it was the best day of your life. You got some cool toys. You had been wanting these cool toys. And now how do you feel about those toys right now? Uh, and they admitted that they don't have the same kind of appeal. And dude, it was so interesting to hear my nine-year-old son talk about, he's like, that's why I think he said something like, that's why it can be addicting because you keep thinking that it's going to give you everything you want and then it doesn't. And now you want something else. He actually articulated it even better than I'm articulating right now, but he put the word addiction towards stuff and how it can feel addicting to always be chasing after the next thing to try to make you happy. And it never quite satisfies you. And so this was this cool gospel opportunity where I got to talk to my kids about this. And then I went from that song immediately. I, I turned on, I put on my phone and had uh, Alexa play some worship songs. And, and the very first song that came on was the song called, I'm terrible at the names of songs. So forgive me, but I think it's called like graves to gardens. And so I just said, hey, play the top worship songs. And this is the first song that popped up. And I think it's called Graves to Gardens. And one of the lyrics in the songs at the very beginning is, um, 
oh man, I'm gonna I'm so terrible at this stuff. I always blank. Let me I used to be a worship leader and the 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 uh, people that I used to be on the worship team with me would always make fun of me because they're like, Jared, you never get the words right, and I don't. Uh which is why I'm literally Googling right now. Uh grave to garden lyrics. Uh okay, let me see what it says. Bear with me. Here we go. First lines of the song are, I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along, you put me back together, back together, and every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. I paused the song after those first lines and I said, you guys, listen, (laughs) that Justin Bieber song that we just listened to that had a bunch of bad words in it that we would have normally turned off because we don't want to listen to songs with bad words. That song and this song, Graves to Gardens, this worship song are saying the exact same thing. They're saying the exact same thing. It's just one guy has lived out. I've had the world. I searched the world and it gave me everything it told me it could give money, fame, success, all that empty man's empty praise, all the treasures I want. And it wasn't enough, you know, Justin Bieber singing about that. And then we hear this song graves into gardens and they're saying the exact same thing. All the, the, the message is the same, whether it was secular radio or the worship song, the message was the same. Our souls were longing for something. The world offered something that could not satisfy us. There's only one thing that can satisfy us. And that's Jesus. He's the only one that can satisfy our soul. Uh, so I just, dude, the conversation was just so good. Like we had a very fruitful and I highly encourage you, man. Uh, you don't always have to listen to Christian radio or Christian songs in order for there to be gospel conversations. I do think that there's a lot of great Christian music out there that helps you with that. But dude, sometimes the best gospel conversations come out of secular music. So don't be afraid to like listen to song, you know, obviously be wise. You're not, you don't want to listen to things that are going to be put in their bad things in their head, but be wise in it. But also use opportunities, use every opportunity possible to uh, point your kids back to Jesus. The reason I say all of this uh, is because we're, I'm telling them about this. And one of the, one of their main reactions, my son and my daughter, one of their main reactions to hearing this idea that the world cannot satisfy them, they said, both my seven and my nine-year-old, my nine-year-old agreed that they said, daddy, this is a hard, that's a, that's a hard thing to understand. Like, it seems like having money and being famous would not make you sad or lonely. It really seems like it would make you happy. And they were genuinely curious and confused and wrestling with the idea that God is the only one that could satisfy them. And I'm okay with, like, I was actually, it it brought me joy to see their hearts, their little brains wrestling with the idea that to follow God is actually the most satisfying thing instead of what the world offers. Because at the end of the day, I don't want them to just repeat a prayer after me. I don't want them to just repeat what daddy's always told them. What I want is for them to really count the cost of what it fall, it means to follow Jesus. And this is what they were doing. This is part of the process of for them to count the cost of following Christ. And they were struggling. They were genuinely struggling with the idea that money wasn't going to be good enough, that fame wasn't good enough, that God was the only one that could satisfy. And here's something that was really interesting that's never happened to me yet so far on my parenting journey. I'm, I'm 
I'm a young rookie dad in this whole thing. Like my journey as a dad, I feel like I'm I'm still just starting and I'm barely know anything. And and so this is the first time this ever happened to me as a dad. My daughter says, "Daddy, when did you start to really believe Jesus was God? And when did you really start to believe that these things were true?" I was like, "Dang, this is good. <laughs> I've never been asked this by my kid. They've never asked me about my own spiritual journey." And so we drove, don't judge me, we drove to McDonald's, we got a Happy Meal, I wanted it to be a fun day for them. We drove to McDonald's, we got a Happy Meal, we got home, we sat at the table, we don't always get these uninterrupted conversations because we got a toddler and life, it's crazy and all this, but we just, I think God ordained this moment where it was just me and my older kids, we sat quietly at the table, we were eating unhealthy food, and I was, we're continuing the conversation from the car where my daughter asked, Daddy, when did you start to believe in God. And I got to share with her these experiences that I've had as a, from a boy into my adulthood where I've just felt like God showed up and he, and essentially I got to share my testimony and not to be like overly churchy with my language here, but you know, I, there, I just got to share my story of figuring out what it looks like for me to count the cost and, and eventually make the decision to follow Jesus. And they just listened, man. They just listened as I shared my journey. And then this thought hit me. Um, I remembered going to a parenting conference by some of my friends, Phil and Diane Comer, who are the parents of one of my favorite teachers and authors, John Mark Comer. Uh, it's, it's his parents. So they live here in town, uh, the town that I live in here in Portland. And they're just old. They've got grown children and now grandchildren who are following Jesus. And they just got a bunch of wisdom. They wrote a book called uh, Raising Passionate Jesus Followers. I highly recommend that you pick that up. It's a great book. I'll put it in the show notes there. Um, But I remember being at one of their conferences one time when my kids were younger. And I remember them talking about how they said in the scriptures, and I had never thought about this before, but they talked about in the scriptures, you see people all the time who have this experience with God. And they're passionately following God. And then they tell their kids about it and their kids hear about God and they're trying to make their own sense of their parents' story, but they don't have their own experience with God. And then on the third generation, by the time the third generation comes around, they don't actually have any kind of, they don't really hear about God because their parents didn't have an experience with God. And eventually the whole faith of the family just dies off. And I, and I had this very vivid memory. Uh, as I was sitting at the kitchen table eating unhealthy food with my kids and they're asking me about my experience of following Jesus, I had this memory of what Phil and Diane Comer had talked about in their conference. And I remembered and I remember thinking, man, my kids have yet to actually experience Jesus. They have heard me for seven years, for nine years, talk about Jesus over and over and over again. I've told them Bible story after Bible story. I've tried to make every connection for them between what it looks like to follow God and follow the ways of the world and to chase after the things, uh, what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus, to be a citizen in the kingdom of heaven instead of the kingdom of earth. Literally, as, as intentional as I could possibly be from the day they were born, I've been pushing and pushing and pushing. But I had this moment where I realized all that's been happening all that's been happening is that they've been hearing about God, but they have yet to experience the goodness of God, right? And the, the scriptures talk about this. My ears have heard, but now my eyes have seen the glory of God. And this is where I was 
I just had this moment after we were done with that conversation, my kid moved on like kids do. They just went back to doing their own thing. I just had this feeling in my gut where I thought, man, I need to start praying that God would show up and that my kids would have an experience with him, that they wouldn't just hear about God, but they'd they'd actually experience him. If I want my grandkids and my great-great-grandkids to be following Jesus, to be in love with Jesus years from now, decades from now, I need my kids to experience Jesus, not just hear about him. And I think, man, the reason I wanted to share this with you is I know a lot of you, you're young dads like me, you've got young kids. Maybe if you think through kids like seven and younger, man, for the first seven, eight, nine years of my kids' lives, all I was thinking about was teaching them the ways of Jesus as many opportunities as I could. And I would say to you, if you're a young dad, do that. Read the Bible with your kids. Read the Jesus Storybook Bible with your kids. Study scripture or just hear, have them uh, experience a daddy who, who reads the scriptures to them, who reads the scriptures out loud. Tell them Bible stories. Make as many connections to the things of God as possible. But I think, uh, and again, I'm a young dad here, but I think there becomes a time where you've now laid a foundation of hearing about God and now you move into they need to experience God. And so my prayer has become, even as recently as this week, my prayers become, God, Lord, would you show up and allow my kids to experience your goodness? Not just that they would hear about your goodness, that they would hear about your glory, but they would experience your glory, God. And I'm trying to figure out what it would look like to put them in more and more situations where they would experience the glory of God. And I even told them at the end of that lunch, I said, listen, your faith cannot be held up by daddy experiencing Jesus. You need to experience Jesus on your own. And so I told them, when you pray, wherever, when, whenever you pray, whether that's before you go to bed or whenever it's quiet and you, it's in your own head, where, whenever you pray, I want you to start praying that God would have you would, that God would show up and he would show you who he is, that you'd actually experience him. Because I told them, you will not be able to ride on daddy's faith alone. You need God to show up in your own life. And so that's my prayer for you, bro. Uh, as you're listening, uh, if your kids are starting to get to that age where they're older than six, seven, eight, nine years old, uh, they need more than just a dad who will tell them about Jesus. Of course, keep telling them about God. Of course, they have to have that foundation. But uh, would your prayer start to become, God, will you allow my children to experience your grace and your goodness? This is what our kids need. Our kids don't need to just hear about the goodness of God, the mercy of God. They need to experience God for themselves. And so, man, as you go about your dad journey, as you seek hard to fall more in love with Jesus and help your kids do the same, I would highly encourage you that you would be praying for God to show up, that they would actually experience, that they would taste and see the goodness of God for themselves. I love you guys. We'll keep pressing on this journey together. If you're not part of our family leadership program, I'd love to process this with you personally. Come over to dadtire.com forward slash lead, jump into the program, uh, and we can journey together. I love you, man. We'll talk to you next week. See you.